0: Welcome to Diverse, a Society of Women Engineers podcast. SWE gives women engineers a unique place and voice within the engineering community. On Diverse, we highlight the incredible thought leaders and personalities in our community and discover who they are at home, at work, and in between. You can find all of our podcast episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. Hi, I'm SWE President Dana Johnson, and welcome to Diverse, a SWE podcast. Please remember to subscribe and follow us on social media at SWE Diverse Podcast. Today, I am joined by Meredith Moore, President of Leverett Weeks. As President of Leverett Weeks Leadership Development and Communications Agency, Meredith works with entrepreneurs and business executives to create effective corporate social responsibility strategies, coach high performers, and build meaningful relationships with media. Most recently, Meredith Moore and Cindy Kent, CEO at Everly Health, hosted a webinar on employee branding for SWE's diversity drivers. You can access this webinar on SWE's Advanced Learning Center. Meredith, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to dive in and learn a little bit more about this webinar. So some of our listeners may recall Back in 2018, Cindy Kent was a keynote speaker at our annual conference, so hopefully that name rang a lot of bells for people as they heard the introduction, but I'm so glad that you've crossed paths with Cindy and had a chance to do a webinar with her. I wanted to hear a little bit more about your background and maybe ultimately how you did end up crossing paths with Cindy. I'm looking forward to hearing what you can share about your journey on how you became president of Leverett Weeks.
1: Yes, I love it. It's a long story, but I'll make it short. (laughs) I um, am from Minnesota, and I had the opportunity to work with Cindy when I returned to Minnesota after a career that started in communications, really started rooted in finance, and then I realized that it wasn't a good fit, which I think for the, the SWE audience, I think there's a lot of folks that go to school for a technical skill. And then you actually get into the workplace and you're like, this is not the work life I imagined, and so <laughs> that's that's what, you know, right? That's what finance was for me. I was very good at finance, but I did not enjoy the culture. And so I pivoted into corporate working at McDonald's. I was the speechwriter for the, at the time, the chief operating officer for the U.S. business. I was his speechwriter while well, he navigated to become the first African-American president of the U.S. business then global COO, and then global CEO. And along the way, I took my own career shift to focus on, at the time, global inclusion and intercultural management. And as a part of that, I led McDonald's Global Women's Initiative, which the CEO of McDonald's at the time, this is back in like 2009, like when this was still like a, a new thing to be talking about. And He wanted to understand from a business perspective why women were not advancing out of the restaurant. For context, McDonald's employees, one out of five people will work for McDonald's in their lifetime. And so I really got into this concept of corporations being able to do good because if McDonald's could figure out how to help women advance their careers, We know what that does for economic mobility. We know what that does for education. It does so many good things. So I actually led global community engagement for McDonald's, helped start their foundation, really put together that CSR strategy. And I came back to Minnesota to do similar work at 3M. Uh, 3M has been a leader for a long time and realized that they had a similar opportunity that McDonald's did with women but more on a multicultural focus. So I oversaw the employee resource groups and I oversaw the global foundation around our education sector. And so I had the chance to work with Cindy because she was leading the healthcare business at 3M. And I was inspired by her ability to not only excel in her job, but to also be able to advocate for others, to be a role model, and to take on this additional work. So I feel very privileged to have her on my list of uh, board of directors in my mind of people that I call when you're trying to be better at the work that you do. So I was very excited to be able to
0: have her be part of the conversation. That's excellent. I think anybody that was sitting in that keynote speech that morning would feel honored if we had the opportunity to have Cindy as our as somebody on our board of directors as well. So that that has to be pretty awesome. It is.
1: It is. And it flows into I did that work at 3M. I went on to Comcast and helped with the regional strategy around community investment and ultimately came to Leverett Weeks, which is my family's business that my parents started back in 73 because they saw a gap in opportunity for people of color in Minnesota and beyond. And so since coming back to the business in 2016, we've been able to focus not only on leadership development, but communications, consulting, public relations, helping organizations make those connections with people of difference. And it's been the most fulfilling work I've ever done because you really have the opportunity to go beyond like the limitations of what I think a lot of us feel in corporate, which is I got to stay and just do this bit of work. Whenever uh, <laughs> at, at weeks, we like to dig
0: in and, and get all up in it. So yeah, yep. No, that sounds like an amazing career to have. I'm grateful for you that you were able to make that jump from finance over to, it sounds like pivoting a little bit over to communications and then ultimately going back to your family's company and working there. What has been your, your favorite part of working at Leverett Weeks? I know you mentioned digging into some of those projects, but is there, and you might not be able to share, but is there a specific project that you've really enjoyed that you feel like has kind of put that cherry on top of why you've made that move back?
1: Oh, it's such a great question. What I love most about working here is the team. We have just a fantastic team of writers and editors and strategists that have incredible backgrounds in public and private some of the largest foundations and grassroots organizations i would say my what i'm most proud of you know we're based in minnesota so obviously the events of 2020 the murder of george floyd mm-hmm. was beyond close to home it was in our home right. and we were tasked or we were engaged by the minnesota business coalition for racial equity which was at the time more than 70 organizations across the state. So, Target, 3M, General Mills, Best Buy, coming together to figure out what we were going to do around racial equity. And we've been at the table with them, not only as a communication strategist, but as a partner. And I have to say that living in this community, being a mom, having two boys, it has meant everything to be a part of that work. So, not to say that. The other projects are not equally like moving, but to be working on a social issue when it's really the hot topic has felt like very impactful. Absolutely.
0: I can't even imagine. I know how how impacted people around here felt And, and for context, I'm in the Chicago area. So probably not too far from where you were at in the McDonald's day. Yeah. But hearing, you know, from Chicago, having so many friends in Minnesota, knowing people there, it was really hard to watch him go through that. And while my my sons are white and I know it's completely different, it's I still have two sons and I I've very much often reflected on how how different it is that I don't have to have some of the talks with them that I know many women of color are having with their sons. So yeah. I I applaud you for taking on that work and doing what you can and And I know it's still part of your job, but how rewarding to have something like that as part of your day job.
1: Yeah, I feel like we just wrote this in a a speech that we're ghostwriting. But I think when we all look back on this time period, I think most of us are preparing ourselves for our kids to ask, well, what did you do? Mm -hmm. You know? And so I think, you know, having a good answer is important to me.
0: (laughs) No, I and I haven't thought of it that way. But that's a really nice way to put it. That's, yeah. you know, how, what's your legacy, right? That's the yeah. summing it up to what did you do? Yeah, yeah. They're
1: going to study this in school, you know, yeah. so it, it really is. There's such an opportunity for all of us. And I love bringing up, I mean, I think parents, it's been a really interesting conversation for how parents can support each other in talking about something that we haven't had to talk about in this way in a little while. And so,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, it's a, a
0: wonderful project to be taking on. I'm I'm excited to see where your company takes it. I think it'll be a really great thing for you, for the company and all of the corporate partners that you're working with on that. So I want to shift gears a little bit here and I wanted to talk about the webinar that you hosted with Cindy and I'm hoping you can tell us a little bit more about that webinar, how that topic was chosen, why that's near and dear to you, some things like that. Yes, you know, so One of the things I think for the
1: listeners, anybody who's in corporate knows how challenging it is to get buy in when you have, (laughs) right? When you have a a new idea, right? A new initiative. Like it takes a lot to get new things added to the list. And that's something that I experienced at McDonald's, at 3M, everywhere I've worked, and even now being in a consulting capacity. And so The webinar was really is designed to give listeners the five keys that you need to consider when you were trying to do this work. You know, how do you make it not only be relevant, but impactful? It's certainly not an end all be all, you know, step one, two, three, because, you know, one of the things that I have seen is that every organization needs to have the freedom to create what works within the framework of their organization. And so it's meant to give the audience that framework of how do you engage in listening? How do you build that support not only in the C-suite but in your not only in your high performers but in people who might not have felt like DEI engaged them in the past. And so Cindy is just a wonderful partner to have be a part of this because She is coming to it with the perspective of being a board member on public boards. She was a board Mm -hmm. member at Best Buy and being an organizational leader and understanding the value of being able to not just recruit this talent, but retain, develop, and really unlock what they can bring into an organization. So it's a very robust conversation that is filled with uh, gems and tools to help everyone build whatever you need to build for your organization to be effective.
0: Well, Meredith, I haven't had a chance to watch the webinar yet, but I'm hoping you can share with our audience maybe one key takeaway, one quick, easy nugget that we can take and implement in our everyday lives right now.
1: I love that as a question. I would say if there was one key takeaway, it would be a Figure out how you are going to listen to the voice you've never heard before. So in some organizations, that might mean setting up specific time with a population that you don't have a vehicle to hear from. You know, for example, a lot of organizations don't necessarily have an ERG for people with disabilities, Mm -hmm. whether those are seen or unseen. Or even for parents, there's so many different ways that people can self-identify. So one takeaway, whether you listen to the whole webinar or not, (laughs) is to figure out how you're going to listen to that voice you've never heard before and really anchor what you're doing to make sure that you're
0: being inclusive of all of the people you're trying to reach. I think that at least has gotten me excited about listening to the rest of the webinar for sure. But I think that's a really important point. And I think it's one that, to your point, Meredith, this is hard to do, right? Like we haven't listened to these voices before. So how do we actually find that forum that we can engage them and we can listen? I'm going to dig a little bit deeper in that. Do you have advice for people who maybe aren't at the most senior levels of their career yet? Right. How can they, let's say, find a way to listen to those voices and then share those voices upward?
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love that. You know, I think that taking on the role of being an advocate, I think we talk a lot about allyship and it can start there, right? So Mm -hmm. if you're not in a position where you feel like you can advocate for others, being an ally looks like look around who's on your floor at work or who's on your Zoom call if you're still virtual and look for the people who are not asked to lead things, who don't get a chance to speak and make it a point to reach out to them. And to Mm -hmm. just understand from their perspective. Now, some people are just introverts, right? And that's (laughs) true. (laughs) So I don't want to push everybody to like start, you know, making people speak up in a meeting, but you can start to look in just your, your scope of influence, whether that's leading meetings, leading a project team, you know, whatever it might be doing, but listen for and look for who are the people who need a little help getting engaged so that they're really participating and they feel like they belong, that's a great way to not only take a first step, but also role model for others around you. Even if you're not the CEO or in the C-suite, it starts you know, at every level. At McDonald's, we used to say diversity is everyone's business. Mm-hmm. And I think
0: that's a great way to bring it to life. No, thank you. Those are real easy, tangible things that I think all of our listeners can do regardless of what level of the organization we're in, right? I think that's what we need is that easy, low-hanging fruit piece that we can take away. And I'm hopeful the webinar has more we can gather from that as well.
1: Yes. I think the great thing when you look at, I always tell people, you know, McDonald's is a a great company to learn from because everything you do, you've got to replicate it across 119 countries. (laughs) That's true. So that is very true. Yeah, we used to call it complex simplicity, because it can't be that complicated. So that's why I think it's one of the great case studies that we cover in the webinar, because it has figured out a
0: way to be flexible, but also very intentional. Well, now I want to listen even more. I don't know if you can uh, up it any more for me. But after this, this <laughs> podcast, I will do my best to go listen. Get hype about it. Exactly. <laughs> Now, one of the things that I didn't realize initially is that you have a book and it's called Getting and Stuck, a guide to moving your career forward that shares some lessons that you have from helping women navigate past that glass ceiling, but it's, it spans over a hundred countries. I'm guessing based on our conversation so far, I have some ideas, but what inspired you to write this book?
1: Yes, I wrote Getting Unstuck, a guide to moving your career forward because I navigated this career journey. And at some point I realized it would have been a lot easier if somebody had just told me a few things that you don't learn in school. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, for a lot of us, we get them through mentors or sponsors. And that's one of the pieces that I cover in the book. It came out of that work going across 119 countries. And disclaimer, I did not physically go to all of (laughs) them, but I did get to quite a few of them. And what I found was that I'm a Black woman from Minnesota, and I was really surprised by how much I had in common with the women that I met in Hong Kong, in Australia, in Paris, in Sao Paulo. And I wanted to codify what I found was the most useful tools and tips and lessons in less than 150 pages, because I'm a millennial and research <laughs> millennials, fun fact, do not read more than 150 pages. We'll read 150 to see if we'll keep reading. And so I felt like just My perspective on the universe is you have to give back to get back. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to give back all of the lessons of the mentors that poured into me.
0: Cindy Kitten being one of them. She's featured in the book. Now I want to pick that book up even more too. But (laughs) I think it's so interesting hearing that you were able to connect with so many of these women. Was a lot of that through McDonald's or 3M or all of your companies?
1: Yeah, it was a cool thing. Across all of my experience, I had the chance to work with women specifically, and I think it's a great reminder for people that, you know, we don't always get taught how to market our unique strengths. So mm-hmm. I would always ask myself, Dana, what like what is it that only I can do? And when you find yourself as the only woman in the group, one of the things that only you can do is connect with the other women. And so when we would go to these meetings in these different areas of the world, and I would be supporting the CEO, I would notice there would be women in the room that wouldn't speak and they weren't asked a question. And so I took it upon myself to understand what they did and to advocate for them. And so it just became a natural part of what I do to listen to those voices and then figure out how can I amplify them? How can I help them? And most importantly, what are the trends that you're hearing across all of them that either there's a lesson I can learn or there's something that we can share?
0: I think that's so valuable. And I know it's come up a couple of times or at least once today so far, the getting those unheard voices and the people in the room that haven't had the opportunity to speak. So I think that really resonates with at least a chunk of our membership. I know I've seen it with people that I've talked to. And at one point in my career, that was me. So kudos to you for getting to the point where you could elevate other women in the room as well. I wanted to poke a little bit at this marketing your unique strengths. And I think that this is a, a really interesting topic that women in and of ourselves, we don't do a necessarily a great job of finding a way to market those strengths. Do you have any, again, low-hanging fruit tips for us that we can take away and, and really try to start putting into practice now? Without yeah. giving away your whole book, of course. Right. <laughs>
1: right. I think having that, that question that you're asking yourself as an executive coach, I always, you don't, you can't give anybody the answer. You can only ask them the question. Mm-hmm. And so often we don't ask ourselves when we're in the room, when you're looking at your agenda for the day, whatever it is you're doing personally and professionally, but asking yourself, what is it that only I can do to help you prioritize? What is the unique thing that I'm bringing into that moment? And I would really recommend as just a best practice that anybody listening, that's a question that you ask your manager. That's interesting. I like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. See, it's helpful to just get more input from others because a lot of times what we think is our strength is really just our job description.
0: Mm -hmm. Your strength is something that you're bringing beyond that adds value. I have a one on one with my manager immediately following this podcast. So maybe I'll ask him. Yes. See, look, now you're extra ready. <laughs> extra ready. I love it. <laughs> no, I think that that's just a different way of reframing how we go into meetings, right? And this should be everybody and anybody, right? Not just women, but I think we're marketed towards women right now today. And I think it's something that I hope our listeners will take away and internalize and find a way to really harness what those strengths are and what is it, to use your words, that only they can do. So one more plug for your book, that's Getting Unstuck, A Guide to Moving Your Career Forward. And it sounds like it's a quick, easy read at under 150 pages, correct?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Love it. That sounds like a nice, quick, easy one. I might have to add to the number of Amazon packages stacking up on my my front step. If you're listening to this much later, it's about Cyber Monday and there's a lot of deliveries coming the next couple of days. We'll just put it that way. So I'll make sure to open them all and find the book when I'm done. (laughs) Well, and I'll say it's also an audio book. It's available as well. I'm a huge audio book fan. And actually my husband and I just got into a little bit of a disagreement on this. I like to run listening to audio books on like 1.8 speed. Because it keeps my brain engaged and I stop thinking about how far left I have to run.
1: <laughs> I love that. I'm going to use that as a tip.
0: <laughs> I'm not saying it's great. He looked at me like my husband, the marathon runner, looked at oh. me like I was crazy. You know, my five Ks I get through with an audio book, but marathon running, apparently that doesn't work. <laughs> I love it. So as we wrap up here, Meredith, is there anything else you want to give advice on or share with our listeners? You know, I think you brought it
1: up before, but I want everybody listening to hear themselves. When you talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, we all have a role to play in that, regardless of our race, gender, ethnicity, religion, however we show up. It's up to all of us to be able to improve the environment, the culture, that we're creating. And so it doesn't matter what your position is. It doesn't matter what your salary level is. There's a role for you to play because leaders are not born, they're created. Mm -hmm. And so if this is something you're passionate about, we need more leaders. We need more advocates. We need more allies. I'm personally here as a resource, but there's a number of resources, including the webinar, That will help you if you're getting started in the journey or you want to fine tune the pathway that you're on. I love that
0: thought for our listeners. I know we already threw out a plug for the Advanced Learning Center where you can find that webinar, but there's plenty of other topics that you can search on and do some learning of your own. I think that all of those resonate very strongly with our, our SWE membership as that's, you know, we care deeply about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And that's really what we're trying to continue pushing all around us. But I think that, Meredith, you gave us some very actionable, small, low-hanging fruit items without giving away all of the spoilers from your book or the webinar that we can go and act right now. And so I'm really grateful for that. I really liked the, the point you made about listening to the voice you've never heard before. So thank you for sharing that with us. I hope that I can challenge all of our listeners to go find that voice that's not being heard either by you or by others and helping them share their voice, whether it's through you or through them, giving them the courage to speak up. I want to thank you, Meredith, for taking the time today to speak with me and do this podcast. And as I mentioned, I will definitely be looking forward to getting that Amazon package with your book in the very near future here. Yay, thank you. I'm Dana Johnson. And from all of us at SWE, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Diverse. Please don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with your social network. You can keep up to date with our podcast on Instagram at SWE Diverse Podcast and on our blog, all together at altogether.swe.org.